You are listening to Legion of Substitute Podcasters, episode 228, Crisis Therapy. And welcome to episode 228 of Legion of Substitute Podcasters. I'm Paul French, and today I am Ukulele Lad. <laughs> okay. They had uh, they had a sale at the uh, local uh, one of the local music shops uh, over the weekend, and uh, Ella's been wanting a guitar, and so I thought, well, you know, a full scale guitar will be a bit much for her, and uh, and you know. The whole building up calluses on the uh, fingers, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So what I opted to do instead was get her a ukulele, and so I got one for myself as well, so that we can play them together. So we Aww. we had a little bit of uh, a little bit of time playing with them earlier today, and um, and uh, and I'm, we're both completely delighted by it. So uh, so yes, ukulele lad today. Well, that's kind of cool. Yeah, sweet. You guys can you guys can form a band and be on the road. There you have it. There you have it. A family band. <laughs> it always goes well. <laughs> and Jan, Jan can be the manager. Exactly. <laughs> and there you go. You, you've got yourself a sitcom right there. <laughs> we totally do. Hannah Montana, the Canadian version. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that was called Avril Lavigne. <laughs> oh, let's not do that, shall we? <laughs> Hi, everybody. I'm Darren Noel, and I guess... I haven't really been thinking about a Legion name because I've been study kid. So I guess I'll be study kid. I've been studying for a test on Monday, turned in a term paper yesterday. I'm being very industrious with my academics right now because I've got to get through them. So there you go. That's what I am. I'm also, um, no way we're going to let them off the hook guy. Seriously. Because if you'll notice, the time bubble is kind of empty today, isn't it, Paul? Ah, I know. I know. All this room. All this room. Echo, 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 echo. <laughs> um, Kramer and Coles are both in missions in various deep spaces. So <laughs> you make that so sound, to speak. You make mm. that sound dirty, sir. <laughs> well, I make everything sound dirty, sir. This, that's that's my job. This is true. This is true. If it so, wasn't dirty, I will make it so. <laughs> indeed. So yeah, that is the uh, that is the scoop. Um, uh, they're both off off in deep in deep space. I think. Um, I think Scott, Scott's out there cavorting with space pirates or space roller derby folks. Chicks. So, yeah. yeah. So, uh, anyway. Somewhere so, between Iowa and Ohio and Michigan and the Dakotas doing something. We don't know. Exactly. So. As for us, we thought this would be the perfect time to, uh, to you know, take some of the dust off, uh, off that little bookshelf on the time bubble. And um, and get back to something that we started just over a year ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, with episode one seventy, we did uh, a look at. Uh, well, <laughs> it started off with our intent to look at you know crisis number one, and um, and then we talked about every DC event after that as well, uh, right up to <laughs> right up to end, including Flashpoint, if I remember correctly. Um. Mm-hmm. So what we're going to do. And, and and I think we missed uh, we missed a couple of the minor events that ought to set. Well, if we off. missed them, they weren't that important. That's what I'm saying. Um, so uh, 
But what we are going to do is we're going to come back to Crisis on Infinite Earths, issue number two. Indeed. And uh, from way, way back. 1985, kids. 1985, exactly. Back when there was music still on MTV. Oh, oh, don't talk about those Bruce Springsteen, Madonna, way before Nirvana. Way before Nirvana. <laughs> All righty then. So, All that um, retro goodness. Yay. Indeed. So um, where we left off was we were finally introduced to the Monitor. Um, and he said that the universes are about to die. And uh, so in the next issue box, it said, From the dawn of man to the great disaster... That's right, from Anthro to Commandy. Possibly the only time that would ever be done. Well, you know, maybe. 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 (laughs) Maybe. Perhaps someone did that and caused that to be an idea later. Who knows? Exactly. Um <laughs> so we open in in uh, at the dawn of man and we mm-hmm. and we see Anthro and Anthro was the first boy, right? Yes. Yeah. He was the first Cro-Magnon boy born from Neanderthal man. So he is actually the uh, he's the first X-Man in DC's universe. He is the <laughs> stage in our evolution. <laughs> so there you and, go. And there are bits of this that that do remind me a little bit of Kazar. So um a little yeah, a full Kazari. So anyway, Tarzan, but know. what I like about this, and and I've never read any of the of the old Anthro stories, and um, so I wonder if they kind of played with the funny of it. Um, you uh, know, I think they did. Uh, yeah. He was in Showcase, like everyone was back then, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then I think he had a very short run series on his own. Um, I've not read any of them either, but um, from it, what it, I gather from this, it seems like most of it is. <laughs> relatively him fighting with trying to modernize the bear tribe here and his father, who is the uh, leader of the bear tribe saying, no, we must stick to the old ways. Right. So, right. And th- they're in the comedy ensues. So, well, and, and it, and it really does. I mean, you know, there's the humorous bits like him referring to the woolly mammoth as the serpent nose, mm-hmm. um, right down to the pratfall, um, you know, and, uh, and so, and it, f- it seems that there was a tone to this, that drifts away from the to- the general tone of what we've seen thus far in that first uh, issue of, of Crisis. So I figure there's a reason for that tonal change. Um, anyways. You know, this is like a day in the life of Anthro, really. Exactly. So The he village ha- is about to be stampeded by woolly mammoths. Oh, no. Fix it. You know, like, so. ha- like it happens. So he mm-hmm. hops on, the thi- on these things, trying to get them to turn. And uh, he's telling everybody to run, but of course they can't hear him over the roar of the serpent noses. And um, and his wife, Embra, is watching all of this. And his very pregnant wife, Embra. Yes, that's right. That's right. Um, anyway, so it's kind of goofy. Um, but uh, at some point, you know, he manages to get them to go to go away from the tribe and Ember says, I knew you would save us. And she, you know, she actually, the way she's drawn, of course, she reminds me a lot of Tara. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Who is and, dead at this point, by the way, folks? Indeed. In continuity. Indeed. So. Um, and so, um, and presumably as as was Ember at this point. Um, well, sorry. 
(laughs) (laughs) And so he's like, yeah, I'm a hero. And he's not looking where he's going. And of course, there's a tree branch coming up. Clunk. Clunk. And so he falls and um, and thinks it's a it was a, a beast that knocked him over. Um, and he looks to see what 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 was there, and uh, what he sees is a futuristic city. Yes, that futuristic city. Yeah, he sees um, a lot of Keith Giffen art right there, yeah, drawn he, by Mister Perez. Yeah, he tells everyone to look and um, says about this big village, and they think, oh. You must have hurt your head on that branch. Uh-huh. And um but you know, hey, now it's time to uh now it's time to celebrate. And uh so of course we are in that future, in that city, and um the Legionnaires are out looking for Dawnstar. The irony of the Legion looking for their tracker. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um there's a couple of points on this, I think. Um First off, I I don't think we would ever hear uh, Lightning Lass call Chameleon Boy Reap. Yeah, probably not. We would probably hear her say Cam. Yeah, and yeah. so I think that's just sort of a, a you know because I think actually he nails it on 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 some of the other characters, but yeah, you know the the they forget it's that forgetting that that a lot of the Legionnaires tended to refer to everybody by nicknames. Nicknames. Mm-hmm. You know, and and would often forego code names, um, all depending. Um, so, but of course, in this case, it's just, you know, there's a thousand characters, so if we can get them to use their hero name, that's the way we'll go. And that's um, what Brainy does. <laughs> yeah, and so it's interesting to, uh, yeah, he does kind of the roll call. Um, but it seemed odd for her co- to call him Reap. It just really stuck out like a sore thumb to me. Yeah. Um, so they're looking, um, and so we've got uh, Chameleon Boy, Phantom Girl, Wildfire, Lightning Lass, and Colossal Boy. We really only see his feet. <laughs> oh, no, there he is. No, it's not his feet. Yeah, okay, he's flying next to yeah, Lightning Lass yeah, in a panel. Okay. So. Um, anyway, so there's trouble. Um, there's something going on, and it turns out there's a bunch of the serpent noses. And yes. now we know why animals are always escaping in the 30th century. <laughs> Take a drink. Take a drink. Woo-hoo. These ones escaped from another era. Woof. Um, That's very land of the lost. <laughs> very much so, yeah. So as the science police set their weapons to kill, and um, and they ready aim, and uh, then Tinya shows up. Uh, she phases through the floor and says, hold up, we'll handle this. Um and uh, wildfire and lightning last get their attention, and then again, then <laughs> then wildfire calls him reap. Oh. Um, and uh, it's they, so now they're kind of leading them out of the way, and uh, colossal boy kind of goes to to help move them out of the way, and mm-hmm. then they disappear. Weird, right? Very bizarre. Yes, something's up. Because these came from across time, not just across a, uh, um, not just across a dimension. So, they, so they've got a kind of a mystery going on. Um, but then Brainy's got a bigger problem on his hands. Well, this is true. This is true. So yes, first Dawn Stars vanish, then the mammoths appear and then vanish. Something's up. So uh, Brainy says, "Forget about the mammoths and Dawn Star. At least for now, we've got serious problems." 
My computers connect detect high-intensity frequency waves on the alpha-omega scale. Hmm, that's interesting, too. The alpha-omega scale. Yes. Um, <laughs> there's antimatter energy moving toward the Earth from somewhere I still cannot determine. Enough energy to destroy not only us, but the universe. Dun, dun, dun. Um, so we go to late July, 1985. Um, and we are in earth one, uh, Harold J. Standish, the third's mansion. I like the stately mansion. Yes. The stately, play on from yeah. the Batman series there. Stately, stately Wayne Manor. <laughs> exactly. And we've got the Joker because as we know, you don't mess with, uh, having the, um, the Joker in, in your crisis, otherwise he'll shoot you. He um, will shoot you dead, it's mm-hmm. true. Speaking of which, uh, he's he's holding a smoking gun, quite literally, and uh, <laughs> and Harold, <Hey. laughs> Harold J. Standish uh, has that, uh, that deadly rictus grin, and he says, ah, it's a shame, Harold O'Bean, you didn't have to die. Oh, I appreciate that you did, but it wasn't mandatory. All I wanted was the ownership to all your copyrights. Um, and then whenever I hear that, I start thinking, hmm, what was he getting at here? Um, mm. and he says, uh, piddling matter. You own the big C to all those silent comedy films worth roughly 26 million. Once they underwent the new computer coloration process, I always saw myself a movie mogul, Louis B. Mayer, Cecil B. DeMille, both the Warner brothers. And of course me, you know what he's getting to there. He's commenting on DC's acquisition of all these other companies and their characters. I think you're right. I think That's a little right. meta moment right yeah, there before yeah. meta moments became so readily available. Exactly. <laughs> and, and I wonder if that's, you know, part of it is that it's just now, now we're kind of, uh, when we see something that, that seems that way, it's okay. There must be something more to this. And yeah, I think yeah. you're right. Um, Certainly not the Joker's MO to run around, you know, trying to get copyrights. So no, that's no. Very he bizarre. just wants to watch shit burn. Um, yeah. <laughs> so Batman comes in and says, the only movie you'll ever make, Joker, is the sequel to The Prisoner. And I don't mean the one in that village. Hmm. I love that show. Yeah, but, but <laughs> you know, it wasn't a movie. No, it wasn't a movie yeah, at all. Yeah. Batman's been spending too much time in the damn cave. He's been watching too much BBC. <laughs> um, and he's amazed that Batman deciphered the clue. He says, even I was stumped and I wrote it. <laughs> well, okay. So uh, he punches uh, Joker out and, um, and he'd figured out um, a Mr. John, uh, the, the last victim's appointment book mentioned a Mr. John Alden of Plymouth Films and a $25 million movie to be called Captain's Hill, which turns out is where Miles Standish was buried. And that obviously led me to his only living descendant in Gotham City. Obviously. Obviously, (laughs) indeed. Obviously, Batman. Elementary, my dear commissioner. Yeah, exactly. You are a persistent devil, and you've certainly proven your stick-to-itiveness. Very sticky to it. Ooh, glue flower, run. Yeah. Yeah, getting stiff joints. He says, I have a forty-five caliber remedy my mom sold me sold to me on her deathbed. And then we see the Flash. Yeah, Flash is not looking so good. No, he's, he's looked better. Costume's looking a little baggy. 
Um, and and so Batman recalls that the Flash disappeared, and this was, of course, at the end of the trial of the fa- of the Flash in uh, in Flash three fifty. But you can also get it in a fine, huge, massive showcase um, 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 volume that has Indeed. the entire trial of the Flash from when he offs Professor Zoom through to when he does disappear, and. Um, and so, but while Batman's contemplating this, at the same time, he's uh, he's getting the universal solvent in his utility belt. <laughs> um, Joker sees the Flash, <clears throat> says, "Hey, no fair, Speedster! Your town, Central City. Tell him, Batman, he has no jurisdiction here." <clears throat> and so he start he goes to shoot at him, uh, but Batman's managed to work himself free. And, As always, <clears throat> indeed, and um, and and not only worked himself free of the worst of it, but yeah, all of the glue is gone now. Um, so in that short time, he's managed to clean himself off entirely. Batman's and, uh, impressive. Let's just go with that. <laughs> exactly. And um, but Joker still has an ace up his sleeve. But meanwhile, um, uh, Batman's uh, seeing what's going on with the Flash here, and he says, please, can't you see the world? It's dying all around me. Iris? Iris? And he says, uh, that that image isn't the Joker's doing. He wouldn't know about Barry's late wife, Iris. Which tells me that they didn't find out about all that stuff. Um, oh, no, they yeah. didn't. Um, so, meanwhile... Um, Joker makes his getaway. He makes his getaway <laughs> down the stairs, and, and and of course he references um, the future uh, alternate Monel Valor. It's not, <laughs> it's not really a reference to that, folks. I'm, I'm just messing <laughs> with you. Um, and he he was pretty impressed that the ba- that Batman got the Plymouth Clue. I'm more impressed that he got all that damn glue off his costume. Seriously. Um, that bat solvent is strong stuff. Yeah, yeah. I would, I would. Like, where's his costume you... now? <laughs> it's all gone. Where do you, where do you put, uh, where, what kind of container do you put that in? Um. So, um, he says, "Where are you, Flash? We can help rescue you." And we see Flash looking like he's falling victim to Universal Solvent disintegrating, and he says, "The world is dying. Iris dying may already be dead. Save us!" And uh, he disintegrates in front of uh, Batman's eyes, and he is shocked. What's going on? And with that, we cut to the um, to the satellite. Why don't you take it from here? Okay. Well, we have our roll call up at the top, so let's go left to right if you are in the comic following along. You have Psycho Pirate, who is an Earth-2 villain. Firebrand, who was active in Earth-2 in the All-Star Squadron. Simon, who is on Earth One, and he's mostly a Teen Titans villain. Blue Beetle, who is from Earth Four, I believe, and this is yep. his second appearance in a DC comic. Solovar, who is an ally of the Earth One Flash, he is the king of Gorilla City. Geoforce, again Earth One, he is um, part of Batman and the Outsiders. Uh, Firestorm and Killer Frost, their hero and villain. Um, of Earth One, Firestorm's a Justice League member. Killer Frost is one of his main villains, and Killer Frost has been hypnotized by Psycho Pirate to believe she is in love with Firestorm, hence the lovey-dovey pose there. <laughs> that Superman on the next page is from Earth Two. He is the original Superman, the first Superman, action number one Superman. Uh, next to him is Orion, Lord of Atlantis, whose adventures take place in the past before Atlantis sunk. 
Dr. Polaris, a magnetic-based uh, Green Lantern villain. Obsidian is from Earth-2's Infinity, Inc. Cyborg is a, an Earth-1 Teen Titan. Dawnstar, of course, is the Legionnaire in this um, sequence. And John Stewart, Green Lantern, is the replacement Green Lantern for Hal Jordan, who does not appear in Crisis yes. for your uh, trivia buffs out there. <laughs> He's probably somewhere... Somewhere, I'm sure if they re 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 release this, George would draw him in somewhere <laughs> in a crowd scene <laughs> because that's just what George would do. But in the original, yeah, Al oh Jordan man. was not in this book. Oh man, I wish I had my ring. I know, right? Something like that. Heck, he drew Peter Parker in here. The least he could do is throw <laughs> Hal in there. Exactly. So, yeah, Shh, don't tell Marvel. Shh. Um, <laughs> And we get a little bit of a rehash of what has occurred to one of the other Earths. Uh, the Monitor is showing them all what happened to Earth-3, the home of the crime syndicate, saying first the white walls come after the red skies, and then the Earth just is disintegrated, leaving nothing behind. And every time this happens, what happens is there's um, all types of natural occurrences of disasters, earthquakes, uh, volcanoes, floods, um, so everyone's up in a panic and not able to deal with the main situation, which is this one. And uh, Firestorm brings up an interesting fact, which is that he's heard of the Monitor um, selling guns and hiring um, these hitmen, basically, to try to destroy these heroes over the past couple of years. And that's what happened in a New Teen Titans annual number two, where the vigilante started. Right. And that's how he got Cheshire. Um, so uh, he's like, what's going on? He's like, um, I've come here to help save your worlds, not to fight you. Please, I'm tired. I'll try to explain. And Simon um, backs up Firestorm and says, I tried to get um, arms from you and you rejected me. How dare you? I swore then I would destroy you. And uh, a monitor puts down a shield and says, you will do nothing. I turned you down because your scheme would have endangered the very ones I needed. Um, and Geoforce is like, are you mad? Think, what if he's telling the truth? And Simon's like, unhand me. And we get the whole villain hero trying to work together yeah. stuff. It never works out well, folks. Don't worry. We'll get there. Um, Lila, who is Harbinger, is asking Monitor how he feels, and he's he's not doing so well. But for an omnipotent being, fairly much, he's, he's feeling fairly weak. Mm -hmm. um, and so Lila is, is walking around. She's like, I, I'll support you, but I'm feeling something very weird going on internally, and that's because one of her beings while looking for Orion was possessed by one of the shadow demons from the anti-matter matter universe. So mm -hmm. she's having those issues. And so Superman says, I've heard of this monitor too, though even my telescopic vision never detected a satellite. I suggest, however, we hear him out. If he's telling the truth, we'll save our worlds. If he's lying, no power exists that can defeat us all. Well, that's prophetic, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And the monitor says, understand I am linked with all positive matter. It flows through me, gives me my power. It's the force, basically. Yes. But as the antimatter destroys more and more, I weaken. Soon, if you fail, I will be helpless to prevent my foe from destroying all that exists. And this is very much setting up the epic storyline. The, there's It's basic. There's so many characters around here, you can't have a lot of really intense subplots. Right. You have to have a basic plot. It's good versus evil, folks. That's all it is here. And in case we're confused, matter is good, antimatter. Antimatter is bad. less so. <laughs> in case anyone's asking that question, at least from our perspective. Indeed. 
So um, Solovar is like, um, but why us? There are others that are way more powerful than the ones here. Why us? And Green Lantern's like, well, my ring would tell me if he was lying, and it's not. And Firebrand uh, is like, I'm still confused. Who are all these people? I only know a very few. And I'm saying, it's like, I, we're from different times, Firebrand. Sometimes even different Earths. You know me and Superman, and I only know a few others. Geoforce is like, I am not convinced. <laughs> the prince in him is like, yeah. let's leave. <laughs> um, and Cyborg's like, take it easy, Geoforce. We got to hear this through. And Simon's like, I don't like any of this. Well, none of us does, Simon, but we'll listen. And so uh, Monitor says, I have tested all of you and more pitted you one against the other to fully catalog your abilities. So that's his motivation for all the letting people have access to these agents of his to see who was stronger and who could do what um, in a pinch. Mm-hmm. You are my initial force. Others will be summoned as their abilities are required. What is at stake now is greater than any morality of good and evil. The final fate of all life rests in your hands. Please, you must. And he's um, getting very weak. And Dr. Polaris suggests that they rush him. And Orion's like, no, (laughs) if the Golden Gates of Atlantis are endangered, Orion's course is decreed. And uh, Psycho Pirate says, oh, I believe him too. The Psycho Pirate knows true madness when he hears it. And yes, he does. Yes. No mistake. Yeah, then the Harbinger, uh, Lila has changed into Harbinger. It's like, then why do you argue? Pledge to aid the Monitor. And uh, you, Sometimes like, you see the Psycho Pirate and you just want someone to poke his eyes through the back of his head. I, I just want someone to put a fist through his skull. You got that right. <laughs> That'll happen later. Don't worry. Indeed. Um, <clears throat> sorry, spoilers. Yeah. Um, Harbinger says, in five crucial eras throughout time, the Monitor has planted certain devices powerful enough to halt the antimatter tide. Five eras which coincide with the existence of heroes such as you. For the presence of such heroic ideals creates its own focal point. You must protect them from our enemies, then you must engage them on our command. And Orion's like, she's different. I sense darkness within her. I trust the Monitor, yet the one who serves him frightens me deeply. And he's thinking this to himself. He's like, hmm, the Monitor is weak. What is your answer? Speak. And Superman's like, we'll help, and we'll know soon enough if it's all true. Where are these places you're sending us? Blue Beetle asks. Well, see for yourself. And she transports them all across the dimensions to where they need to go. Boing! And Harbinger's like, rest now, monitor, conserve your strength while I... And then she thinks, while I must alert the other, I am unable to resist him, and I am forced to obey his commands. Forgive me, though you have been my father and more. I now betray you. Meanwhile, on Oa... The Guardians are having their usual fest of, mm-hmm, and they're talking with themselves. It's true then, it seems to be, but how could it escape our detection before now? We monitor all the galaxies. Our instruments track all universal anomalies. We should have been certain before now. We discovered its presence 12 cycles ago, power insinuating our universe, a power which has already swept through most of the other dimensional planes. If we cannot stop its movement, our universe will fall. We need the complete Green Lantern Corps. And even then, I fear for our excess, success. And then there's a voice coming from the, the battery itself. No, Guardians, it is too late. You shall no more summon your soldiers than prove a threat to my plans. What began with you so many centuries ago ends with you now. Scrawl! And apparently there's a lot of uh, unconscious, at the very least, Guardians in the room. That would never happen again. That will never occur again. Mm-hmm. Ever. Mm-hmm. Never. Never, ever. <laughs> then we go to Metropolis on Earth-1, and we see the big red S flying through the sky. 
Batman said it was urgent, and he's certainly not one to exaggerate, and there was fear in his voice, something I've definitely not heard before. Unless, of course, he's under the effects of Scarecrow gas well, or something. Yes. You know. yeah. um, well, I'm sure the two of us can handle it, whatever it is, and that's a little um, um, tug and a nod to World's Finest, which was canceled around this time, I believe. Yep. Well, because um, around this time, we, of course, had uh, Batman leaving the Justice League. To, uh, Raven to the Fold and World's Finest um, got canceled around this time, and then DC Comics Presents got canceled shortly after Crisis ended. Yeah, so. yeah. So those two got got it was it was basically a couple of years before um, or a year t- because Geo Force is already in that yellow costume. Yeah, the yellow so, and green. So that's a uh, that's a that's a, a chunk of issues into the uh, into the first run of Outsiders, and mm-hmm. um, yeah. So Batman had left. Um, Justice League, and so um, those, those titles had been, had been can- uh, you know, the as Darren says, the uh, World's Finest and Brave and the Bold was cancelled, and we had Batman and the Outsiders. And, um... Yeah, so uh, so so certainly it, uh, there was a sort of a chilling to their relationship at this point for a little bit. Oh yeah, there things were definitely going to go towards the way of what Frank Miller had set up after Crisis. They just yeah. didn't know it yet. Um... At least it didn't seem like they knew it. So, right. And Superman lands. It's like, hi, sorry, I'm late, but there was a volcanic eruption in the middle of the Mediterranean. Strangest thing, too. Totally unexpected. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Superman, there's trouble, and it concerns the Flash. And after the Batman's explanation, I like it when they refer to him as the Batman. <laughs> it should exactly. be the yep. Batman. Um, it was just an image, but I heard him call out, and none of us knows what happened to him after his trial. I obviously fear the worst. And then a green-clad um, individual in fabulous black high-top um, <laughs> boots yeah. says, Praise heaven, help at last. And Superman's like, Who are you? I am called Pariah. I need you, both of you. Your legends reached my world long before my exile. It's your world and your universe. Your Earth is dying, as have the other Earths before. No, no, I'm being called away. I, I cannot resist. Help. And Superman's like, he's gone? Just like that? And Batman said, he said the Earth was dying. That's what Flash said. What's going on here? Well, okay. Lots. So. Then we have the great disaster, Paul. Yeah, so we end up uh, in, you know, and this is, at the time, there were kind of multiple futures in the DC Universe. And, um... This is something where actually a, a construct like uh, you know sort of a fictional construct like hypertime came in to uh, to address how these could all exist at the same time in that the time was not just one line going forward but but several and because uh, at, at this point you had the future uh, in which the legion lives you had the future in which uh, there was a great disaster and you have commandy. And you had a future in which there was another great disaster, and you had the Atomic Knights. Mm-hmm. And um, so, uh, so basically, um, what they're saying is, uh, it's sometime in the future in a timeline that at times stands between modern Earth and a 30th century which knows nothing of its existence. Uh, the world has been changed. Humans are hunted species, and animals now intelligent and deadly are their hunters. In this world of madness lives Commandy, known to many as the last boy on Earth. We've had the first boy, last boy. Mm-hmm. 
Well, known to many animals as the last boy on Earth. Yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. Indeed. Um, so uh, anyway, so he's climbing up this huge construct that's been built uh, in the middle of, uh, of of his area. And he thinks, hey, um, this wasn't here before. <laughs> and it's huge. Um, so he says, well, there's still a lot of lost science. Maybe this machine is one of them. But he figures Dr. Canis would have told him about this. Um, and it seems that they've had some sort of fight. And um, then a shadow flies out of the of the machine, and uh, it's of course one of the shadow demons. And uh, but that's okay because there's someone to catch him. It's Superman, and he recognizes Superman. Uh, but of course, Superman doesn't recognize him, so he surmises that ah yes, you must have met uh, my Earth One counterpart. And that would be true because Kamandi appeared often in DC Comics Presents. Yeah, <laughs> so. uh, yeah, exactly. And I think. Uh, well, uh, if Superman did ap- ever appear in Commandy, it would have been uh, um, <laughs> had the face re- redrawn by Ross Andrew. Oh um, yeah, totally. <laughs> but or, or it would have been in later issues. Um, so um, uh, the Dawnstar flies in as well, and we see Solovar climbing up the uh, the construct, and they can't find the Shadow Beast. But then uh, Commandy sees the gorilla, and as we know. Uh, there's, uh, there's some animals who are causing all kinds of problems for him. So um, he figures uh, he's one of, of Tsar Simeon's hired killers. And he says, happily, boy, I'm no such thing. I'm not even from your time period. And uh, Commandy instantly reads that Salivar, nice guy, as opposed to the others. Um, meanwhile, Dawnstar is fighting off shadow demons. She said the shadow thing is back this time with friends. Doesn't seem as strong here as it did on the monitor ship. So they're trying to figure out, you know, hey, where did the, how did these shadows get, get here? And she points out that they look, they have a similar uh, shape to that of the, uh, of the monitor. Mm-hmm. And uh, Superman mentions that he's noticed that himself. He says it's obvious we haven't been told everything, but still got to take care of these ones. Uh, one of the shadows touches uh, Commandy's shoulder, and his shoulder burns. Um, Solovar comes over and helps him. Uh, you know, somewhat, uh, you know, a, a kind of a key thing, uh, having co- a commandy helped by um, a, a, an intelligent ape. And the shadows attack and flee. Um, but they don't disappear this time. They're actually going somewhere. And so Dawnstar points out that she can track them. We know. We know that's what you do, Don. <laughs> She's announcing her powers. What a good legionnaire. <laughs> um. But Commandy says, no, let them go. We were brought here to protect the machine, not uh, not to leave it alone for a second attack. Uh, but she's frustrated with the waiting. and uh, But they figure the, the there's more to this. The shadow demons are perhaps just a prelude to something of a greater disaster. And Commandy's just like, what's going on? <laughs> uh, we look it's an we actual s- blonde playing blonde right there. Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. Um, so we see uh, from not too far away, uh, Har- um, Harbinger gets a chuckle out of this. She says, let them protect the machine. It will serve those fools no good. Mm, this may be dark, Harbinger. Um, oh. She says, their efforts will be rewarded with death. Uh, bad beat Nick dun, poetry. Dun, dun. Um, no little last boy on earth. There will be no... Uh, I don't know. No, uh, no, no command D bunker for you. Only death. Only um, death. 
So the last so, boys on Earth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, one of Harbinger's personas was, of course, taken over, as we mentioned. And um, and so that means that she kind of tainted, uh, you know, the that 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 part of her ended up tainting uh, the overall Lila. Um, so only hours since she embraced the path of the monitor's deadly foe. Um, and so she shows up uh, and she sees the child that we saw land uh, last uh, last issue uh, is, of course, Alexander Luthor, who is the child of the late Alex and Lois Luthor from Earth 3. Um, Earth 3, which, of course, is a an X planet. It is pining for the fjords. Oh. <laughs> Don't worry. The crime syndicate come back again and again and again. <laughs> um. Anyway, so she's looking at the at the Luthor boy, and she sees like little bits of universe in him. Um, Plus, he's grown immensely. Uh, well, that as well, exactly. Um, all right, cut to Atlantis, and uh, Arion, Orion. Uh, I never did know how to do that. I always said Orion, but see, I, I and I always stayed away from that purely because it would. Just to separate him from the new gods, but yeah, from you're the new right. god, yeah, yeah. So Arion, Arion um, uh, Obsidian, and Psycho Pirate show up here. So it's all kinds of billowing capes. It's it's a, the all capes party. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And no capes, uh, darling. No capes. <laughs> no, this will not end well for you. No. Oh man, it's funny. There was um. The table of contents from a recent issue of Entertainment Weekly had the had the real Edith Edith had in uh, in a picture, and I showed it to Ella, and she immediately recognized her as the woman from The Incredibles. <laughs> Sweet, which means it was a damn good tribute. Um, all right, so um, Obsidian thinks it's pretty cool. Like this is Atlantis, cool. Uh, heard you know heard of it, seen it in the movies, but nothing could prepare me for what it really looks like. Um, and Psycho Pirate's loving it because he can feel the emotions. Mm-hmm. Um. But uh, but Orion is uh is very clear with him. It says use your emotion controlling powers on them once, Psycho Pirate. My punishment will be swift. And um, so off they go and um. Psycho Pirate says, I would never spread my madness here. At least not for you to know, stupid oaf. Um, so <laughs> you they gotta show love up. the villains, don't you? <laughs> exactly, exactly. So they, they get into town. People come up to uh, Orion and say, hey, what's going on? You know, you disappeared, and uh, what happened? And um, so they talk about this machine. And and uh, what's going on with it? But then they realize they've lost the psycho pirate. So we see him. He's pondering things on a rock, uh, just outside on the outskirts. And um, he, as you do, you know. as you do, yeah. He picks up terror, and uh, it's Pariah again. And he <gasps> says, "Where am I? I need to know." He says, "I think it's Atlantis." Don't ask the year. Uh, he says, hey, you're worried, aren't you? And he says, Atlantis, Earth 1 then. 40,000 years before my last appearance. Um, and um, Psycho Pirate starts trying to feed on his feelings and tries to lighten lighten this, this, this guy up, you know, and makes him laugh. And uh, he looks a little like the Joker when he starts laughing. 
Uh, he says, you don't know what you're doing. Stop it. And um, then Orion zaps um, Psycho Pirate. Psycho Pirate in the butt. Yeah, zaps him, but good. And he says, um, he says, what? Who dares to? Oh, it's you. Mistake, friends. Real mistake. You see, absorbing Purple Hair's emotions increased my strength. And what you folks need is a healthy dose of terror. And he shows his terror face. And um says, fight me if if you can, but you will you may as well resist the terror of your own emotions. And um and so all of them start to feel the the, the fear. And mm-hmm. um Arion makes with the cool looking spell. That is a very cool thing that he does, that that design right there. That yeah. that's very cool. We would, of course, at a later time, see that uh, appear on Power Girl's belt for a while. Yeah. Because after the crisis, they were kind of at loose ends with, well, we want to keep Power Girl in because she's cool. Um, especially in the but absence of But she can't be Kryptonian. Uh, yeah, uh, exactly. And so what is she? In the absence of... Um, of Supergirl, they made this really convoluted origin in which she remembered, you know, to her, she remembered being, you know, coming from that she came from Krypton. Um, but what had actually happened was she was a descendant of Orion. Uh, she was his granddaughter, I believe. And uh, he put her he put her in a little ship to save her from the, the sinking of Atlantis. Mm hmm. And um, and she ended up sort of imprinting on Superman for some for some reason I can't remember exactly what it was, and um, and so when that happened, um, you know, she ended up because she imprinted on on him, uh, she ended up with Superman like powers. So um, anyway, so yeah, that symbol would appear on her belt uh, during those years. Uh, so he makes a spell to try and save the stop this, um, and um, <clears throat> Obsidian goes all shadow. Says Psycho Pirate's powers affect you because you can see his facial changes, but in my shadow form, I can protect you. And uh, this does the madness fades. He thanks Obsidian, and uh, <laughs> don't you miss when Obsidian was a good guy, like all the time? Seriously, uh, at <laughs> least he's not an egg. Um, <laughs> So uh, he says, ah, yes, but the Infinitor can't protect all of you. You're still prey to my madness. You're, and he gets uh, zapped and teleported away. And everyone kind of calms down and they're saying, but where did the, to where did the psycho pirate vanish? Mm-hmm. All right, you take it from here. Well, the psycho pirate's in a dark, dark, dark room, <laughs> which is where you put your villains, right? Yes. And he says, what happened? Where am I? And, uh, there's lettering that says Psycho Pirate, I need you. And he's like, your voice, it's like ice, but I don't, need, I don't need you. And I don't even want you. Show me your face and I'll teach you the meaning of terror. And the uh, lettering says, fool, you would want a face without one of your own. You want to scream, don't you? Well, fool, you cannot, not without a mouth. Because apparently this villain can make your face disappear. Damn. Neat trick, right? <laughs> George is like, thank God I don't have to draw his face. Oh. Um. And you will die without an outlet for your emotions. If you wish to live, let me know. But to live, you must serve me as I demand. Your answer now. And he gives him back his face. Oh, Lord, yes, I'll do anything. But please don't ever do that to me again. Without a way of expressing them, the emotions sealed inside me would have destroyed me. 
And then we go back to the monitor satellite, and he says, we've lost the Psycho Pirate. And uh, Harbinger says, monitor, surely his powers weren't that crucial. Um, monitor says, my dear Lila, I needed him more than either Obsidian or Orion. The menace we deal with is one of emotion. And Lila says, then what of the empath called Raven? And this is Raven's only appearance in Crisis. Mm-hmm. That little monitor blurb there. And the monitor says, I can find no trace of her. If she is on this earth, everything about her has been changed. And that's a result of the end of the Terror of Trigon story in the Baxter series of the New Teen Titans yes. when Raven disappeared. And monitor says, no, I fear we'll have to forego this avenue and investigate another. Lila, my dear, get me the file on the new Dr. Light. It is time for me to create her. Well, well now he's got a file on someone he hasn't yet created. Pretty much, pretty much. Back to Atlantis. Um, Ryan says, the mad one was about to kill him when I attacked. He's not, he's not from Atlantis then? And Pariah is standing there. No, not from this earth, but another. The first that fell when this insanity began. But long after I was cursed for an evil act I had committed, a deed I have paid for a thousand times over, I must suffer still a thousand times more. I witness tragedy, and my being here means disaster is soon to strike. Orion's like, disaster? But the Monitor swore our presence here would divert such crises. Upon his command, we are to activate his machines. And Pariah says, and I tell you what I am. I move between your time periods, but everywhere I go, I see the same signs. And one of Orion's uh, people, that's probably one of his major cast members. I just don't know who it is. Says, Orion, by Cholo, look. I I seem to remember him from the... um Remember when oh, they see. had those ads with the uh, with the action yeah. figures of like Warlord and uh, so I'll 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 check into this for you. Yeah, I, I see Lady Cayenne there, um, the Asian looking woman who carries the sword, but right. she's the only one I really recognize out of the group. Um, Pariah says, "I am sorry, but it begins anew. Antimatter will sweep sweep throughout this universe, and in a matter of hours from now, your Earth will die." And you see the red skies start, and you see a little white um, line there, and that's the antimatter coming. And uh, Lady Kayan says, whatever it is, it's coming right at us. And Obsidian says, then the monitor lied. He lied. <laughs> oh, no, betrayal. And Lila's like, the, the, the fraying begins again. It reaches this universe, too. And I haven't completed the arrangements for the new Dr. Light. My foe moves faster than I anticipated while I feel the weakness spreading all too quickly. And Monitor thinks to himself, all too soon now I will die or be killed. Unless, unless, mm, unless what? Meanwhile, um, the Dark Harbinger is in the same dark room that uh, Psycho Pirate was in earlier. The Monitor has implemented his plans, although not all his warriors are in place. Most stand ready. The Monitor will fail, as he has always failed to stop me. I feel his strength and mind grow stronger. His champions are doomed to as I pit one against the other. Now go, there is work to be done. And Harbinger disappears. As always, he proves the incompetent fool for not accepting the inevitable. When I am done, all his universes shall be destroyed, while mine shall rule supreme. Um, Universe after universe has fallen before my power. World after world is absorbed into one. How many worlds do I now control? How many lives now are mine? And uh, Harbinger... Um, is flying back to the monitor. This dark harbinger is flying back to the monitor satellite, and you see the monitor has some dialogue boxes here, even though he's not on the page. Lila, I raised you from childhood, yet even then I knew how it would all end. You were a child lost from the start, but I instilled within you hope. 
Find that hope, Lila. Call on it soon, for the darkest times are only hours away. Resist his temptations, Lila, through you, through the child from Earth 3, through the man who calls himself Pariah. Only through all of you and all my champions can the universes that still live survive. The end of book two of Crisis of the Infinite Earths. Indeed. Now, um, I'm trying to find this character. At first I thought Wind, but it is not Wind. Wind is the guy who looks more like Scalp Hunter. Ah, gotcha. Um, I thought Wind was in Arax book. Or Arax. It looks like he could have been. (coughs) Um, But that would have been someone different, wouldn't it? Because... um, Yeah, because yeah, uh, um, Arak was... That was Roy Thomas. But but yeah, so this character, Wind, uh, was a more native-looking character. And so I'm not sure who that guy is. I never I never read um, that series. Yeah, I, d- um, I didn't either. So, so yeah, I don't have the, uh, the familiarity with it. What I tend to see is actually the woman uh, that they showed... Um, well, the the Chinese woman is Lady Cayenne. I know oh, that. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. And um, I think she had a toy. <laughs> she probably did. Oh, yeah, so Wind is shown in, in this. So um, yeah, it doesn't really say who his other... Mm-hmm. His other cast members were. Cast members were. They just there's, there's a woman Lady there in Cayenne. a... They mentioned Wind. Lover um, and the captain of King Attila's Royal Guard. Um, among his enemies are his brother, Garndanuth. Yeah, Garndanuth. And, and Kaon, the uh, god of evil and chaos. And um, anyway, so yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, if you read Orion, let us know. Yeah, this. you know, and, and it's it's a thing like I would, I would love to check it out because it was um, all, it was all like Jan Dersima art. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it looked great. Yeah, they could showcase that in a heartbeat. Oh. Yeah, yeah, you know, I would love to. Ha- I would love to have that in a showcase to sit alongside my warlord showcase because mm-hmm. I tend to usually steer away from the sword and sorcery stuff. But I really loved uh, Warlord, and what I've heard of this, it it, it sort of tends toward that. Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, so um, a couple of uh, a couple of little things uh, in here, of course. So we've seen. Um, you know this 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 the storm clouds are gathering and um and and this is going to be a big deal um and the psycho pirates going to end up fairly important to the whole thing yes and um and we're just seeing the beginning of that here and um which which I really like the fact that they use some of the more secondary characters and played up their importance where it's not just going to be superman well, and that's it, because, you know, the, the, the thing to keep in mind was this was, of course, a um, also the, the way that, you know, not only was it the big, you know, this is going to make like lead to huge sweeping changes. Um, you know, it was also a celebration of uh, DC Comics anniversary, mm-hmm. you know, 50 years of DC Comics. Um, so there was it, it was a big deal. And um, and so what they were what they were attempting to do was to include every character. Except for Hal Jordan. Um, <laughs> and I think they succeeded for the most part. For the um, most part. Absolutely. The major characters, I think, are in here. Um, so let's let's take a quick look at the psycho pirate. Um, he was uh, Roger Hayden. Um, 
He's the one. He's the one that we're we're seeing here. Um, there was one before Hayden. There correct? was Charles Halstead. Um, awesome. Charles Halstead showed up in All Star Comics number twenty three, uh, created by Gardner Fox and Joe Gallagher, and he was originally a uh, linotyper for the Daily Courier, who was gener- jealous of his boss's success, and so he became a criminal mastermind under the name Psycho Pirate. Ah. So he so he planned crimes based on emotions, hoping to ruin his boss. Um, and, um, and, and actually he'd worked there for a long time and was a friend and favorite of publisher Rex Morgan. Mm. Um, and so, uh, so, uh, you know, but basically he had this whole secret identity and, um, and was doing all these things. And uh, he became bolder, started put, penned a letter to the courier that challenged the Justice Society to stop a new wave of crimes based on a variety of emotions. And uh, his plan was halted by Dr. Midnight. Um, and of course, each JSA or as, as, as the JSA stories went back in that, day, in that time, mm-hmm. uh, they were given an emotion and a task to solve. And, um, and the Adam was left to guard him. And... Um, and anyway, so um, so he tried to uh, um, convince the Atom that the JSA had been captured and sent him to rescue them. Uh, he discovered that it was a ruse, of course, and discovered the true identity of the psycho pirate who shot him to pre- preserve his secrecy. Mm. But Al Pratt was a tough, a tough old dude. Uh, he made mm. it to the courier just as the JSA returned and exposed Halstead as the psycho pirate, and he was, of course, put in prison. And, of course he um, was. He escaped by playing on the emotions of the guard, but the JSA uh, uh, took care of him um, and recaptured him after they got the have heard of his plans from his cellmate, and uh, he died at some point in the sixties. Roger Hayden appeared as the second psycho pirate in Showcase number fifty six, mm. um, and he was a jailed gangster. Uh, later, this was actually he was retconned into a tw- uh, young twenty-year-old who was sentenced to a year in prison for attacking his emotionally abusive psychiatrist father. So that was wow. A, that was a that's later, a messed up family life right there. <laughs> yeah, that was a, that was a later um, retcon. But at this uh, in this story, he was uh, actually Halstead's uh, cellmate on Earth Two. Halstead's dying wish to have a legacy prompted him to tell Hayden of a secret which he had divined in his jail years, which was the existence of the Medusa masks. That is mm-hmm. that that fancy little gold mask that he wears. Uh, this was uh, a, this this story would have been a it was a Doctor Fate and Our Man story. Yeah, one um, thing I never understood yeah. about the Medusa mask it's one of the more powerful artifacts in the DC universe. I mean, it's even used in JLA Avengers. Yeah. But I was just wondering, how does he see through it? Because well, it's completely gold. I mean, there's, there are no obvious eye holes there. It's just the impression of what his face would look like. Yeah, I, I get the imp- I, I feel as though it kind of gives him the guidance. So, you know, it kind of feeds him what he needs to see. Gotcha. Um, and I think that's kind of the idea of it, right? Is the, uh, you know, he feeds on the, on the emotions and it, it kind of leads him to what he needs to see. Mm-hmm. Um so the golden masks bestow upon the wearer the power to project emotions onto others. He found the masks and merged them into a single faceplate and used its powers to become a supervillain. Um, but he becomes addicted to absorbing others' emotions. 
causes mm-hmm. him a lot, of, a great deal of pain, possibly, possibly brought by the combination of all the all of the masks into one. And he battles Doctor Fate and Hour Man, and they take him out. Well, uh, yeah. He, he later um, tried to uh, influence prominent Gotham City citizens, Bruce Wayne and Alan Scott. Uh, the former, a wealthy businessman and now, of course, commissioner of Gotham's police force, and the latter, the president of television station WXYZ. Um, Initially, Scott was the most affected because um, he started getting frustrated about uh, uh, exercising his frustrations upon humanity for the failures of his private life, such as the impending bankruptcy of his station. Ooh. Um... So um, uh, Green Lantern causes a, a disturbance at Gotham International Airport. The JSA shows up and um, and subdues him, and then um, and we learn that the Flash has also been under Hayden's control, and they basically assist uh, assist them. And um, um, and then of course uh, Batman has actually started a little uh, a little intra justice society war within the membership. Um, because uh, Bruce Wayne is still being controlled by Hayden and is determined to rid Gotham of all superheroes. Mm-hmm. Later, he would join the Secret Society of Supervillains. Being re- he was recruited by the Ultra Humanite to defeat Our Man, and he was uh, successful thanks to a device that ul- the Ultra Humanite uh, devised that amplified and projects uh, Hayden's face and hence his control. Ultimately, both the Justice Society and the Justice League defeated Hayden and his teammates after their betrayal of fellow Secret Society members. This was, of course, that uh, the Justice Society um, uh, crossover, JSA Justice Society crossover uh, that involved um, um, the Secret well, it was Society. Well, wasn't that one the New Gods one? Yes, yes. So they were put, the villains were deposited into limbo. <laughs> he spent a lot of time in limbo. Um, yeah. and, and would again. Uh, he would again. Uh, we would see him later in Grant Morrison's Animal Man. Um, but yes, f- from there, um, the Ultra Humanite man- managed to contact his uh, former self and they pulled the. They, um, sorry, I. <laughs> That's strange. Um. <laughs> Weird stuff going on in the headphones here, kids. Um, all right, so what happened was uh, the Ultra Humanite got in contact with his younger self in the 40s, and they managed to pull the Secret Society, including Hayden, back to the area where they confront and are defeated by the All-Star Squadron and the Time Lost Infinity Inc. And this was, of course, the uh, the intro to uh, to Infinity Inc. before their series started uh, that yes. happened in All-Star, All-Star Squadron. Uh, then of course he went into uh, the crisis and uh, and and I'll I'll just leave it to us to to get through that here. Yeah. But yes, we would again see we would later see him as as being the one guy who remembered the crisis. Uh, everyone else gets to have the blue pill. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But not the psycho pirate. Nope. And which is uh, kind of interesting that he has the he has the burden of remembering everything as it happened. Well, and that was a neat idea, and that w- and um, you know, as much as that would seem like a kind of a Morrison idea, that was uh, that was that was all uh, Wolfman. Uh-huh. Um, you know, we actually will see it in in this series, so we'll get into more of his involvement with the whole thing there. And uh, but that's the scoop on the Psycho Pirate. 
Indeed. Um, because, uh, you know, it's kind of neat. So, you know, very much a, a sort of a B-list villain uh, at best. Um, and it was but very, very, very important to this story. Which was indeed a very kind of odd thing back then. You would expect it to be the big guns. And, of course, we only get Superman for a couple of panels in issue two here, except for the yeah. Earth-1, or sorry, the Earth-2 Superman has more of a role to play. But even then, he wasn't exactly leading the charge here. Um, it's more or less everyone is trying to just to pitch in at this point because no one really knows what it is they're expected to do. So yeah, yeah, and, and yeah, it's it's suitably vague. It's going to be a little bit before the, uh, the before plans get revealed, and um, you, you know, I mean, really, when you look at this, um, you know, we all we all say about you know decompression happen, you know. Uh, you know, being a, a, a newer thing, but it was going on before. I mean, so the plot gets rolled out fairly slowly in the in these twelve issues, um, mm-hmm. but lots of stuff happens. Yeah. So, so you don't notice that the uh, the, the the plot itself is is being doled out rather slowly because yeah, and in, there's enough cool fact, stuff happening like, to keep you busy. Yeah, the next two issues take place in like over an hour's time. Yeah, because it's very quick what happens so it is not a uh it's not a long drawn out thing there's just a lot going on at the same time exactly so we've what so what we've seen so far is in the first issue we've seen people coming from different earths in this issue we've seen a lot of drawing together of different times and um and you know whereas before it was we are here and we see these people coming to this now we now we go and we see their worlds and we see where they come from we see these various timelines of the DC universe and it and it it kind of is um in many cases it's kind of this is you know this is your last goodbye to uh, to Anthro's place your last goodbye to Commandy because we're going to see all that stuff go away after pretty much yeah yeah so or, or it is the last time you will see it sort of in its original form. Mm-hmm. That's um, true, too. Yeah. Now, I say that. I mean, stuff had been adjusted as we went along anyway. Um, you know, I can't remember who did the, uh, the art on the Commandy um, DC Comics Presents issue, but, uh, but I know that, um, that, that Perez did the Olmac one. Yeah. Oh, that's, that was just beautiful. Well, I, I know looking at the monitor's uh, machinery here, it, it has certain Kirby-esque elements in it. Very much. The, like, uh, even, like, the, the, the big of, sort of uh, Dr. Polaris-like... Of uh, Galactus, <laughs> in a way, so... Which is entirely appropriate, g- given what it does. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of, like, sort of little homages to that kind of stuff. And and, and that's why when you, when you get to, to that Commandy world, it doesn't look at all out of place in Commandy. Nope. Because, you know, that's what Commandy was all about. Was, it was, was crazy Kirby. Would you say it was fair that Commandy was kind of a uh, um, Planet of the Apes story being blown up really bigger than it was? Very much. Like it was on a huge scale because it wasn't just the apes. There were warring tribes of these humanoid animals roaming around all wanting Commandy dead. Oh, so. yeah, it's it, and yeah, it's it's great stuff. And folks, you know, it's it's out there in uh, in omnibus format. Um, get the last volume. You don't have to read all of it, though. 
Um, mm-hmm. it really, once once Kirby leaves the series, it, it's over. Um, yeah, pretty much. It, it, pretty it much. really is. I mean, that's that stuff wasn't nearly as good. And um, but it, the but the Kirby stuff, you know, is is well worth you know getting that, and certainly that um, that first uh, that 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 first volume is just astounding, and uh, it, it's it's great stuff. It's just it's it's crazy ideas popping up all over the place, and 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 yeah, it was very much you know the the Planet of the Apes had it easy. <laughs> they, much, they just yeah. they just had to deal with apes you know but here you've got uh you've got all sorts of different factions of animals that, that, are, that are fighting and um and um and you get all kinds of crazy stuff with with him making deals with them and um and and sort of uh um allying with different factions against the others and um yeah there's a lot of great stuff that goes on in that series and mm-hmm. um and so it's well worth checking out um, looking at the DC Comics Presents issue, may you live in interesting times. Um, Mark, Mark Evanier, yes, exactly. Mark Evanier was actually the writer on it, so that's that's a good thing. And uh, and of course, pencils by Alex Saviak, who was doing a lot of the DC Comics Presents stuff at, at yes. that time. Um, all wrapped up in a in a beautiful um, Gil Kane cover. And so that, folks, is uh, DC Comics Presents number 64 for those keeping track at home. And I think they were using some of those characters towards the end of uh, DC Comics Presents that they knew they weren't going to be able to use after Crisis. I'm pretty sure they had a list at some point that kind of said, okay, after issue 12. And, of course, we know it kind of fell apart with that on some fronts. But they were still Certainly. kind of like, here we go, and we're going to stop this now with this character because of what is actually said in Crisis Number Ten. So, yeah, yeah, you kind of and 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 it was neat because at this point in time, you know, you you would had you know Superman had met sort of all of the A and B list heroes, you know, all of the characters that had their own books or that had recently had their books canceled and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so he had, he had met with Aquaman a few times. So they were start. they were kind of, you know, uh, you can't, can't just have low, it, it ain't just low hanging fruit anymore, folks. You know, they ended up having to get into, um, uh, it, you know, climbing the tree a little. And, um, and so you had things like the unknown soldier, you had, uh, you had Superman teaming up with, um, the house of mystery. And, um, the Atomic Knights, of course, Power Girl, mm-hmm. you know, who at the time, remember, was uh, was still on Earth, too. Yep. And um, and and we hadn't really seen, you know, we didn't really see a whole lot of her at that point. Um, no, it was just so once every so year in JLA, JSA yeah, team ups, so to speak. Um, <laughs> Not as much okay. as we see now, of course. Indeed. Hey, because it's back, you know. Um Hey, he would even team up with uh, with Santa Claus, and the Atomic Knights, the Blackhawks, um, Bizarro, the Phantom Stranger, and the Joker. Yeah, that would never happen again. <laughs> and also, didn't um, he do the Elastic uh, Three? That was a little later on. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Jimmy would no longer be Elastic Lad after what happens here. So, 
That's right. Um, and and there's Superman and Orion. Um, interesting. And of course, that would end up something with that would would play out in um, what's it called in um, uh, whose run was it? Uh, Busick and um, and Pacheco. They they did a little mm-hmm. rip on, uh, on on Orion showing up um, in Metropolis. You know what, Paul? When we get done with these twelve issues, mm-hmm. um, we should probably do uh, the goodbye to Silver Age Superman at that point. Hold off oh, on that till whatever then. happened to the uh, yeah oh yeah the Man of Tomorrow uh, oh absolutely no we yeah. have to because that hey, way it's kind of the closing and the opening. Yeah, again. and we'll also look at the uh, the at the time history of the DCU. Mm-hmm. I think that's uh, because it was all messed up, folks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So this was where they tried to put a timeline down, and oh. uh, and now you and then you understand why they don't keep trying to why do they that. don't do it anymore. Yeah, yeah, because it's you know you can't it's put painful. that stuff out without it already being over. <laughs> yeah, it's really painful. And you'll notice we've gone through two issues of Crisis here. We only. For original Justice League members, which would be your flagship characters, we've seen Superman, Batman, and Flash. Yeah, yeah, we we've we've seen nothing of Wonder Woman yet. Nope, nothing of Aquaman, nothing yeah. of Hal, and we won't see Hal. We won't. Yeah, I guess exactly. we kind of have John Stewart. You know, yeah, so he's kind of our proxy here. Um, yeah, he, he's the proxy, um, but Martian Manhunter's not to be found yet. So, yeah. In fact, not a lot of Justice Leaguers, except for Firestorm, have come to this party yet, and he's the rookie. So that's right. That's right. You know, he'd been with the team for just a couple of years at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, now the it's most the recent Detroit member. team. When this book happens, it's Detroit JLA. That's so. right. Yes. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> All right, then. Um, so so there you go. Crisis issue two. We will try and uh, and get back to this again sooner rather than waiting another year. Yeah, we should, we should just make it a, a thing that we been, do. Exactly. Give the other two the night off and we'll just handle this and move it through. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, because otherwise it'll, 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 it'll there'll take be us like ten years. Three more reboots it, before, right? we, uh, before we get done with, with the first one. <laughs> I promise you all now we will not talk about Final Crisis. I promise you. We already talked about the Legion connection to that book. We're done. So <laughs> it'll come up again. All right. So <laughs> I'll just have Josh yeah. on for that one. <laughs> so comments, as always, are welcome at Legion of Substitute Podcasters at gmail.com. Uh, you can join in the conversation on our Facebook page. Uh, you can just type Legion of Substitute Podcasters into the searchy box or or you can type in to the address bar, facebook.legionofsubstitutepodcasters.com. We are on the Twitter. We are LOSP Podcast. And in addition to all these things, you can head over to our website, and that is legionofsubstitutepodcasters.com. And you can leave a comment on this or any episode. And with that, we make our way back into the time bubble, and we will see you all next week. <laughs>